Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 68, Friday, December 20th, 2019, early Friday morning, and I have a quick pod for you today, part one of a two-parter this week. I'll be releasing another episode in just a few short days. Earlier this week, I sat down with the boys who run the Top Class Finish podcast, soccer podcast, to talk about the Champions League round of 16 draw that happened on Monday night. We take a look at the early odds for all eight matchups and break down every single one of them. Oliver, Quincy, Andy, and Nate all offered some great insights and some early actionable info on some of those games, so I'll be uh, releasing that interview as a separate pod early next week, most likely on Monday. Anyways, my apologies for not getting this pod up last night. There's just so much going on right now. Uh, at the end of the year, I had some tech issues too here at Doggy Juice Pod headquarters, but figured it all out. There's a lot of games to handicap too. I was up pretty damn late last night. Uh, we have an amazing Saturday ahead of us in sports tomorrow, and very soon, less than a couple hours after I post this episode up in the airwaves, um, we will have our first bowl game of the 2019 college football bowl season. And that's pretty much all this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod is going to be. I will break down each of the college football bowl games up through Christmas for you. And then I'll offer some quick insight on the NFL Week 16 card. And stick around for the end of the pod for a few bonus best bets for college hoops this evening, too. Before I dive into the games, Illinois officially opened up its sports betting rules and posted its license application forms yesterday. I've only glanced them over and I'm looking forward to diving in. There aren't too many gambling specific rules just yet. It's mainly just procedural rules, some boring lawyer lingo. I'm going to read through it though and it's it's pretty cool to be doing that right now at the end of 2019, the end of the decade. When this decade started, I never could have imagined that legalized sports betting would uh, about to become a re- reality here in Illinois. It just shows from a macro perspective that we've come a long way, a long way as a society, and finally at least, you know, society's waking up to the fact that, hey, duh, sports betting's happening anyway, might as well legalize it and regulate it, keep it above board, Uh, it's happening anyway. Uh, People finally came to their senses, passed, was overturned just over a year and a half ago. I'll probably do a little end of the year where we stand and how far we've come recap next week on the podcast. We have 20 states that have now passed some form of legalized sports betting, and the overwhelming majority of states have had a bill at least introduced in their legislature. Uh, So when I started the Doggy Juice podcast last September, there were only four or five. Now we got 20 uh, that have actually legalized it. Just about 18 months ago, there was only one state where you can legally wager on sports. All right, let's get down to the good stuff, the meat and potatoes. Here is a quick betting breakdown of each college football bowl game before Christmas. Bowl games begin this week, actually today, Friday, December 20th. Uh, Just a reminder from last week, um, everything in college football handicapping, really, it it comes down to motivation, and that's usually not the case. Usually I try to stay away from that stuff and trust my numbers almost completely during the regular season, but you really have to shift your approach when you're handicapping bowl games because you really have to take a hard look at at motivation and where teams stand. And I wrote an article for Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News earlier this week, kind of highlighting some of the main handicapping principles that I look for um, when betting the bowl games. And it could be advantageous because, and I touched about, I touched on this in last week's pod, um, getting down early and really getting ahead of those line moves because these lines are staying staying up on betting boards for weeks. You know, a lot of them are staying up for 
for multiple weeks and, and being bet into by the public. And there's a lot of team news that's coming out too and players sitting out. And I dive into some of those principles in the article. And um, one of the other things I really touched on is, is paying attention to coaching situations as well. Um, there's, there's really people on both sides here. I think you could be, you can make the argument that the market prices this stuff in too much, especially the interim coaches angle. Um, Ed Fang released an interesting podcast talking about some of the data on that and how, you know, potentially the market's actually overpricing interim coaches. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well. But I do touch on coaching situations in that article and also player decisions. And I really make the point that you should seek motivated underdogs. Those are my favorite teams to play on in the bowl season. And to that end, uh, just due to the, the variability, and I did touch on this last week, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, but really I, I like to avoid playing Moneyline favorites almost all the time in bowl season just due to the higher variability, motivation. You see a lot of ugly dogs win in bowl season. So you know, in the converse, you really definitely want to look to play the money line, sprinkle a little money line on some underdogs, even if they're ugly dogs that you have, um, along with the point spread, just because you see so many of them win these games outright. Uh, the market, you know, odds makers aren't stupid to this. They do adjust accordingly a bit, so you really have to pick your spots, but it's definitely worth a look just due to the, you know, there's just a wider range of outcomes in these games, um, especially the ones with the, the higher totals. So you really never know what you're going to get sometimes. You're trying to handicap emotion, play amateur psychologist here, and and uh, it's just something to keep in mind. But let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's start out with the first bowl game. It's actually about to tip off later today. Or, sorry, kickoff. I'm talking to couch basketball lingo. The Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. Buffalo is laying 6.5 versus Charlotte. That kicks off Friday, 1 p.m. Central Time today. Um, quickly, the Mac and Bowl games. The last three years, 2-15 and 15 straight up. 4, 10, and 3 against the spread. Continually disappointing betters. So Buffalo buyers, beware on that one. The spread on this one has, or sorry, the total on this one's dropped down from 56 to 51. A lot of that due to the weather. Expecting 25 to 30 mile an hour winds. A decent chance of precipitation, although I haven't really looked at the weather forecast this morning on that yet. Um, the Charlotte defense gives up over 5 yards per carry, over 8 yards per pass. That's going to be tough against a Buffalo uh, offense that features a pair of stud running backs. They've combined for over 2,500 rushing yards, 25 rushing touchdowns. They're going up against the Charlotte defense that's 100, number 122 in the country in rushing success rate. Charlotte also struggles against the pass defensively, but they do bring a dynamic offense of their own in this game. And Like I said, though, the, the heavy rain and lots of wind on the forecast, that I think that is going to help Buffalo more with their prominent rushing attack, just keeping the ball on the ground, more of a ground and pound. Numbers-wise, I had this game right around 6 without factoring in the weather, which, like I said, should benefit Buffalo here. There was nothing wrong with snagging up some Charlotte plus 7, plus 7.5 when it was there. I did not, but as much as I wanted to get involved in the first bowl game financially, this line looks to be pretty spot on on, on the first game Friday. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Tonight, Utah State minus 6.5 versus Kent State. Uh, that's at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, 7.30 Eastern kickoff. Games in Frisco, Texas. The line moved a, a lot in this game um, earlier in the week. Unless you've been sleeping under a rock, you're aware that a bunch of the Utah State players got busted, got busted for weed, got busted for pot, including quarterback Jordan Love, who already announced that he's entering the NFL draft next year. It makes you wonder how much they really cared about preparing for this game anyway. Um, 
you know, but now they <laughs> the players are busted for pot. It has to be another distraction. So the fact that they're busted for the pot makes you think, okay, maybe they're not really preparing for this game as much. You know, kids like to have fun and stuff. I'm not judging, but um, at the same time, you know, now there's the, the distraction hanging over their head of being busted by the pot. So how much have they really been prepping for this game? But we've seen the line move accordingly. Um, it's, you know, the line moved down from nine and a half down to four and a half, and then was quickly bought back up to six and a half where we stand now. The weather's also, it's uh, supposed to be pretty bad weather. It's also going to be pretty nutty in Frisco tonight with some heavy winds. That should also neutralize Utah State's passing attack. And this is only the second bowl game for Kent State uh, since 1972. So, you know, they're going to be up for this one. I, I think, you know, if I was going to get involved in Kent State, I would definitely need a full touchdown. I don't think it's going to get there. I've, I've not gotten involved in this game myself. Really wish I got involved in that nine and a half, but can't uh, can't be a fortune teller and expect, uh, you know, can't read the police blotters before they, they're posted. So didn't know. But, um, yeah, this one looks to be pretty spot on as well. It's going to be an interesting one, though, to watch and learn. Uh, could be a lot of distractions for on the, on the Utah State side and Kent State, obviously. They're going to be fully motivated. Uh, not used to playing in bowl games like this. The New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque. San Diego State is laying three and a half against Central Michigan. That's, that kicks off tomorrow, Saturday at 1 p.m. Central Time. San Diego State, um, Rocky Long is returning to familiar ground in New Mexico. San Diego State's played a tougher schedule. Like I said earlier when breaking down uh, Buffalo's game in the Bahamas Bowl, the Mac and Bowl games. 2-15 straight up, 4-10-3 against the spread in the last three years. Central Michigan won one game last year and turned it around this year. And that's one of the angles I talked about in last week's pod team's expectations at the start of the season compared to where they are now. This team is really happy to be here. They'd certainly appreciate being here. And per Kenny White, sports analyst, he, he's got this trend. But teams with one win or less in their previous year and then playing in a bowl game the next year since 1980. It's rare. There's not that many of them. Um, but since 1980, we've seen 15 of them. And, you know, maybe there's a couple pushes in there. I'm not quite sure. But um, the only number I've found is 12-3 and three those teams are against the spread um, since 1980. One-win teams playing in their bowl game the next year. That applies to Central Michigan. Coach Jim McElwain and his team this week. And additionally, teams that have won, just to kind of piggyback off that, uh, from Kenny White. Additionally, teams that have won three or fewer games the previous season, so not one, but three or fewer, are 16-2 and two against the spread in the last three years. And the teams that that would apply to this year's bowl games are Kent State, the aforementioned Kent State, Louisville, Central Michigan, obviously, I'm talking about them right now, and Georgia State. Um, so in terms of Central Michigan, they're not just happy that they had a great season. I mean, they're, they're it goes back to the whole preseason expectations. I already touched on that. So um, for me, there's no bet in this one. I, I do lean to the side of Rocky Long and company, even though Central Michigan, you know, the whole happy-to-be-there factor. I think there's a lot of familiarity, obviously, with New Mexico um, in terms of, of Rocky Long and, and his team. And so it, it, this one's about right where it, I think it should be as well, unfortunately. The FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, Georgia Southern, Laying four and a half against Liberty. That's Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Central Time. Liberty's first ever bowl game in school history. This line dropped down to as low as minus four early on Thursday. That's where I got involved. I'm George Southern at minus four. Um, 
it's, it's such an incredible advantage in the rushing game in this game. I just couldn't get past it. Even though Liberty has that extra time to prepare for the triple option, this, it's clearly being priced in, I think, by the market. I think the market's overreacted to that to that notion here. Liberty does have some experienced players. they got Gandy Golden, the stud wide receiver, an experienced quarterback. But they've also played the weakest schedule in the nation in FBS, and I just don't know if they can stop that triple option. I'm, I'm hung up on it right now. I can't get past that. So I snatched up a small, tiny bit of that minus four when it showed. I, you know, I don't make the game too much higher than that, but I do have George, Georgia Southern a slight tick of point spread value. Minus four and a half, it's, it's a no play, but um, I really would have needed a, a three to get involved for anything more serious. Uh, that, and the total, I should also note, jumped up on this one as well. The Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl. And I always say Boca Raton with my Chicago accent, but I'm saying Boca Raton to appease my nationwide Doggy Juice Pod listeners, not just the Chicago ones. SMU is laying three against Florida Atlantic. That one kicks off at 2.30 p.m. Central Time tomorrow, Saturday. SMU is coming off a 10-win season while Florida Atlantic has a babysitter as their coach. I've seen some very interesting takes from Sharps on both sides of this one, and a lot of it depends on your handicapping philosophy. This game really encapsulates um, some of the main topics that I talked about on last week's pod on handicapping college football bowl games in general, like namely how you want to treat certain coaching situations. It can really be delicate to diagnose what is going on in a program, and, and sometimes, you know, especially at this time of year, with kid, you know, with finals and, and coaches maybe looking at other jobs, maybe looking at where you know, if they're going to take another job, figuring out where they're going to live, figuring out what school districts their kids are going to go to. could be a lot of distractions. Sometimes the betting market even overreacts to some of this stuff. But here, you know, this is an interesting spot that really illustrates this whole conundrum of situation versus just pure numbers. Because here, pure numbers-wise, the play is, is Florida Atlantic. Um, situationally, a great case can be made for either side here based on how you view the coaching situation at Florida Atlantic. So a little backstory in case you're not aware, Florida Atlantic, Lane Kiffin, he bolted for the Ole Miss job in pretty sketchy fashion, too. He met with uh, with the Ole Miss brass the day before his team's final game. There's reports that came out, like photos of him doing that, little, him and his assistants, too. Uh, they brought in Florida, or sorry, uh, Florida Atlantic brought in Willie Taggart from Florida State for next year. They announced that hire. Good luck with that, Florida Atlantic. Remember those Florida State's second half fades that we were on at the beginning of the season on the Doggy Juice Pod before the market caught up to us. Well, we might have a chance to get into play on that with the Squares betting on the brand name next year on Florida Atlantic, a team coached by Taggart. But Glenn Spencer is going to be the interim coach for the Owls in their bowl game. He has only been with the program for about one year. He's going to be the interim coach here, um, making this your classic, your absolute classic substitute teacher coach game. You would think that it is time to bet away on on SMU as a result, but on the flip side, there's some analysts out there like Kenny White who have pointed out that it has been advantageous to look to play on teams when their coach leaves for a, a perceived better job. And usually, you know, when coaches are leaving, and if it's a bowl team, they're leaving for a better program. Um, and you know, I can't really even think of many examples that are the opposite of that. But um, but when a te- when a coach leaves for a better job, players tend to want to show the coach what they're missing out on. They tend to play hard for that interim coach, you know, more like a, hey, we'll show you type of attitude. Um, I don't have the actual trend in front of me, the Kenny White that I heard him bring up, but there are recent trends that support this. Although you can easily argue that this trend is more of a result of the market overreacting and overcompensating for the substitute teacher effect angle, because the market's aware of it, people like me betting it. Uh, But oddsmakers may already be pricing that in here. I think they might have, and the market 
Uh, that's you know you could have a situation where the market's betting into it after the odds maker's already pricing it in and moving it a few more points based off that notion, opening up value on the other side. At the same time, I can't see Florida Atlantic in this particular game getting up for this one, especially since it's being played in their backyard. You know, the schools in Boca Raton and Florida Atlantic. They also another stat that I just can't get past. They've led the nation to turnover margin. You know, usually that indicates that a uh, there's some regression. A, a good bet can be made on SMU here. And I did take an initial position on SMU just based off that market perception angle. I did bet into that when they opened it, just with all the Lane Kiffin stuff going on. I just expected it to go up more. Um, and it did initially, ticking up to three and a half. It's in some spots even reached uh, four in early trading. But sharp buyback came in on the Owls. That tempered my enthusiasm. I, I think I may be letting my diagnosis on Florida Atlantic psychology get in the way of the raw numbers here because the numbers do say Florida Atlantic. Not, you know, it's just a slight tick of value. Um, so I've seen sharps on both sides of this. I So in short, in this game, I do have the SMU position. I am considering coming off it for a little bit. I don't have, it's not a big position, but uh, what I would do in this one, I just think it's an ideal live betting spot, this game on Saturday. If Florida Atlantic comes out looking flat early, then look to get after SMU live. They're trying to celebrate that 10-win season. I think they want to win this game. Florida Atlantic has the talent to stick around, but if their hearts aren't in it, and you know, they don't they look flat early on, I think you can really look to to pound SMU live in this one. The Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama, Arkansas State, minus two and a half versus Florida International. It kicks off tomorrow at 4:30 p.m. Central Time. Butch Davis, the Florida International coach, is seven and two against the spread in bowl games, while the Arkansas State head coach, Blake Anderson, is one and four against the spread in bowl games. Um Davis, Butch Davis from Florida uh, International, he really seems like he can motivate his team when he needs to. Um, he did that earlier this year. They beat Miami. I uh, believe that was a neutral site game. And and so he's shown, he's shown that he can do that again. I think that there's a good chance that he can motivate them here as well. My numbers also lean um, Florida National here, but at the current price at two and a half, it's, a, it's just really a no play. I, if, if it ticks back up to three, I, I would recommend a, a wager on Florida International, a little money line, but um, really kind of in no man's land once it gets under that full field goal. Really need that full field goal for the value play. So pay attention to that one, but I'm definitely leading the side of Florida International, um, just numbers-wise and also when you consider the, the coaching angle in bowl games, which I think actually is predictive. Um, coaches, how they perform in bowl games, because it shows how, uh, you know, obviously it is a small sample size, but you know, when you're looking at Butch Davis 7-2 against the spread, it at least shows that He's outperforming market expectations early on, so I think he gets his team up, and he's shown a propensity to be able to do that. We have a perfect example from this year beating Miami um, in that game, upsetting Miami earlier in the year. The Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Washington is laying 3.5 versus number 19 Boise State. That's Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. This is an interesting one. Chris Peterson, the Washington coach, he stepped down. But he's sticking around to coach this game. And both teams are on an 8-2 and two against the spread run in the spot um, in the situation where, where coaches are not with the team. They're, they're not going to be with the team next year, but they're coaching them for the bowl game. Uh, the defensive coordinator for Washington, he took the permanent gig. Uh, but Peterson is going to go up against his old team, Boise State here. Boise does have a lot of familiarity with the setting. Their, their fans will travel very well to this spot. Uh, they've already played at this venue as well. 
There's a lot of familiarity there. And Washington looks like they're going to be missing their stud left tackle. He's going to be sitting out, and then their stud tight end, Hunter Bryant, is sitting out as well, looks like, in this game. The Huskies had a, a clunker of a year. A big reason why Peterson's leaving. Um, but and, you know they, they lost as a double-digit favorite multiple times. They really had a lot of clunkers, but um, at the same time, I really expect the players to play for their coach in this situation their, um, since he resigned. And he did take a role within the, the program, so he's still going to be sticking around Washington. But uh, talent-wise, I do think Washington, I, th- I think a lot of their losses were close losses as well. They do have a, a really high level of talent. I mean, you have to look back at where they were at the start of the year, obviously with Eason, their quarterback. He's disappointed as well. and He is going to be playing for his, his draft position as well, Jacob Eason, so... There's that angle. I do think that Washington does definitely has the talent edge in this game, no doubt about it, um, numbers-wise. My numbers do lean to Washington here. So I haven't gotten involved yet, but if, if you could find it at minus three, I would get involved on Washington in this game. I'm looking to. Um, I'm not sure if we will see that, but, but we might. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, number 20 Appalachian State, is a 16.5-point favorite against UAB. That's Saturday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We have an interim head coach angle here. The assistant coach, um, it's, it's a little more nuanced. Assistant coach uh, has taken over because the App State head coach, uh, Drinkovitz, left to take the Missouri job. But there's no substitute teacher effect because the assistant Clark has taken over the job for Appalachian State. Uh, UAB, they had a bad effort against Florida Atlantic in their Conference USA title game. Um, I think, you know, if, if properly motivated, Appalachian State can dominate this game. They have very strong defense. They can get after UAB here, especially in a spot where if UAB is playing from behind early, which is often the case. So, I, um, I, you know, it's hard, you know, especially at a big spread like this. I think if, if, if Appalachian State's motivated playing for Clark, they can really blow out this game. Numbers-wise, I got no edge in this one, but um, it's really worthy of, of checking out early on for live wagering. The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl, Central Florida laying 17 against Marshall. That is Monday, the lone Monday bowl game, Monday afternoon, 1.30 p.m. Central Time. This one I gave out last week, Marshall, plus 17 and a half. It's down to 17 now. I still think it's good there. Uh, Doc Holliday, Marshall coach, 6-0 straight up and against the spread in bowl games. And they're probably feeling a little disrespect in this spot with the spread. And on top of that, I touched on this last week, how much does Florida Atlantic really want to be here when you look at preseason expectations? And then, you know, they're going to play in the, the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, it's hard to imagine them really getting up for the spot. I have been on this one since the opener. Gave it out on the podcast last week. It's an A-grade situational spot where the numbers also support a play as well. Of course, Central Florida does have the talent to blow out Marshall here, and in a lot of worlds they will, but I think that Marshall does cover the spread at least 55% of the time, and hence we have betting value there. Um, and we'll have even more variability in this game on Monday. So, you know, take a little little pinch of that money line. You know, nothing wrong with that. Especially, you know, first half too. You might want to sprinkle a little bit of, uh, you know, diversify with a little bit of first half in this game as well. The SoFi... Hawaii Bowl, BYU is a two-point favorite against Hawaii on Christmas Eve. That's Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. I like BYU minus two here. Um, Didn't go crazy on it, just a standard play. Um, I I believe there's still an institutional difference between these two programs and overall talent camp. And Hawaii's been a great story this year. They can really put up points in a hurry with their two quarterbacks. Um, One of them is really, he just 
he's really aggressive, but and he's going to throw some picks probably in this game, but makes some amazing passes as well. And Hawaii's burned me a few times this year because you're talking about high variability teams. They really could put up a lot of points, but teams can score plenty on them as well. And expect BYU to you know, have their way scoring plenty in this game. Uh, but BYU, there's a sense of familiarity in Hawaii with them, and they have a, a satellite school in Hawaii. Plenty of presence there. I think they have a, plenty of a fan presence. I'm not giving it a typical home field advantage for Hawaii here at all, even though they'll have familiarity. Um, so I, I think BYU at less than a field goal is pretty good look. Have the game just you know, I, it's I think it was like just around four on my stuff. So it's not like the biggest edge in the world, but I do think that anything less than a field goal in this spot is worthy of a play on BYU. And then the day after Christmas, we have the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl, where Miami is a six-point favorite against Louisiana Tech at Independence Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana. That one kicks off at 3 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. And then that night, Thursday night, the day after Christmas, we have the Quick Lane Bowl, where Pittsburgh is a 10.5-point favorite over Eastern Michigan at Ford Field in Detroit. I'm going to do my last Doggy Juice Pod episode of the year at the end of next week. Most likely Thursday. I've been doing them, you know, Thursday throughout this, you know, the football season, except today. So, but those Thursday games will likely be played before I post up that pod, or at least the early one will probably be played. Um, so, and and that pod next week, I'm going to preview the rest of the bowl games. So, maybe what I'll do is I'll find if I find anything good and actionable on those games, those two games, before I I edit the Champions League pod that I'm going to release. Um, Monday, most likely. I'll talk about those two games if I find anything. I'll talk about those two in the, intro, the introduction of, uh, of that episode. Um, just a reminder that I'll be out early next week. All right, let's move on really quickly to the penultimate week of the 2019 NFL regular season. Hello! All right, NFL Week 16 has arrived, and we have a great full weekend slate. we got three games tomorrow on Saturday throughout the day. Got seven in the early Sunday slate and four in the late afternoon slate on Sunday, and then of course one each on Sunday and Monday night. What a hell of a schedule! So the Lions, they've moved on a lot of these, so it's hard for me to give out plays I made and tell you to take them now that the line has moved on almost all of them. So just another reminder that timing is everything. But um, quickly before I dive into what I have in my portfolio for the weekend, we do have those three monster games on Saturday. I wrote about two of them for Bet Chicago Bet Indiana News. Be sure to check out those game previews. I previewed the Bucks Texans game, also the the Patriots Bills game. And that Patriots Bills game is actually where I do have a position. I do have um, under 38 and a half in pocket. I, uh, I have that actually th- under 38 and a half in that game and in the Steelers and Jets game. Uh, those totals did move down last time I saw it. Patriots Bills was at 36 and a half, and 37 actually is a key number. Um, in NFL betting, and I really highly recommend you listen to Spanky's new podcast. He dives into how uh, 37 and 41 are the actual, him and his team will actually buy onto those numbers because they're worth more than 10 cents according to his stuff. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with him at all, but also check out that Spanky podcast. Uh, I think it's called Be Better Betters, and uh, really just a, a podcast that doesn't exist anywhere else. It's really an extreme version of, of there's no touts, no plays, no talk about teams, just talk about betting. And that's partly what I want to do with this podcast, too. But I think like people really do crave those game breakdowns and stuff. But the podcast that he's running really is unique. And I think that there's definitely a space for it and a need for it. And that guy definitely knows what he's doing. If you really want more of, more insight into 
into you know what a professional better does and the actual difficulties that they have to deal with with dealing with the marketplace and actually getting down then that's a great podcast for you to check out but anyway um in terms of 37 being a key number i think i would not play that bills patriots under unless you can get over 37 and at 37 for less i guess but it's a 36 and a half no play there um one side that i play the titans plus three that's a two and a half now not crazy about it but it's must-win spot against the Saints. You can argue the Saints are in for a bit of a letdown spot here, at least early on. I'm going to look to maybe even get involved in the Titans, um, diversify that with a, with a little first half, first quarter maybe, get on them. I haven't done it yet, so it's a little tough with the market moving down to 2.5 now to find the same value, but um, I think you can get a little flat spot early on from the Saints here, even though the Saints have everything to play for too. They could still get the, the number one uh, seed in the NFC in the playoffs. So, um but the Titans have everything to play for in that game. They need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive unless Texans the Texans lose on Saturday. So another thing to pay attention to is how the Texans do Saturday because that is going to impact uh, Tennessee's motivation, or at least their, their necessity to win on, on Sunday. Um, I scooped up some Chargers for the portfolio before that number hit seven. I got it at five and a half. I wouldn't play it at seven, the current number, but check to see if that one dips down. Again, uh, you know, had a kickoff. I just think it's a your letdown spot for the Raiders after losing their last game in Oakland. The Chargers seven turnovers last week. I mean, that stuff's going to regress. And they did. They uh, took my money last week against the Vikings and that one. I mean, that was just a ridiculous game. That that Philip Rivers, um, I think it was a fumble six right at the end of the first half. Burned my first half bet because they were in field goal range, about to take the lead at halftime. And that game just went downhill after that. The Chargers just they came out flat. I don't think they scored in the second half and. Um, that was just a bad bet. Ended up being really bad. And that, that just betting on Anthony Lynn and that team, you really have to grin and bear it to do that. But um, there is value, I think, in anything less than a touchdown in that spot. So I got involved on the Chargers there. And then finally, the Vikings. Uh, the, I got involved in the money line at around minus 225. That's no longer there. The, the point spread has ticked up on this. So I th- you've lost the value. I thought the Vikings were a decent play. If you could have got them at four, uh, at three, it would be where I would really get involved for serious. But four, I would too. Um, Packers been on this for a while. How they're just a middling team. They're actually number, I believe. I mean, it's their bottom half in the league in net yards per play this year, um, which is saying something this late in the season with with two games left in the regular season. Um, so the the Vikings are worth a look there with that that good home field advantage. I got involved in the money line just to take the point spread out of play and got it at a good price. So just gonna roll with that one. And then the teaser of the week article this week, uh, Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News. I gave out the Giants and the Eagles. Tease them both up. Uh, tease them. I tease them up to plus eight and a half on a six point two teamer. Make sure you're getting good juice on that minus one twenty or less. I, I still got minus one ten. Thank God for that one out. I could still do that. But yeah, a pair of, of NFC East teams for the teaser of the week uh, in the NFL Week Sixteen. All right, let's close out the podcast. Like I said, I would give a couple of bonus best bets on college hoops. As a little gift for waiting until Friday morning to release this pod, here are some college basketball plays that that uh, jumped out on the Doggy Juice Hoops model, uh, ones that I made after attacking the market this morning. Um, these are still out here in the marketplace at the time I record this. Georgia SMU under 150.5. This total is ticked up too far. I actually made it around 144 on my stuff. Um it's, it was actually 147, 147 and a half last night, I believe, and it ticked up even more this morning. Uh, so get involved on that. I think that actually that number could, could dip down. It might have hit its its peak. So get after that Georgia SMU under 150 and a half for a unit. 
Less of a number edge on this one, but South Dakota, Northern Colorado under 139.5. I'm seeing a lot of 138.5s out there, so be sure to shop around because of 139.5 minus 105 is staring me right in the face right now as I say this. UC Santa Barbara, Southern, under 135.5. I missed the 136 uh, that was up last night, but this one could tick back up. But I made the total 131.5 in that one. And then no sides on the pod today. I did get after North Dakota State against Marquette at plus 15 last night, but that one dropped down to 12.5 this morning, which is really close to where I have it, to where I made the numbers. So no value there anymore at all. The Vultures, like me, snatched that one up. Just a reminder, though, to get at it early if you think you have an edge. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Doggy Juice. And like I said at the beginning of the pod, I'll be back with a quick turnaround and a release my my interview with the four fellas at the Top Class Finish Podcast sometime early next week, most likely Monday. And then I'll be back at the end of next week with another bowl game breakdown and a look at the last weekend of the NFL regular season. The Champions League interview with Quincy, Oliver, Andy, and Nate will run for a good hour or so, but those guys have some great in-depth knowledge and brought some actionable betting angles, like I said, and and at least made me think a a bit differently about the mindset of players and coaches at uh, at this stage of the Champions League tournament and the top-class finish boys. They're pretty damn hilarious, too, so be sure to check that one out. Maybe even give it a listen while you wrap up those last Christmas presents. Um, But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that. I'll have that posted by Monday. Appreciate you listening. Good luck with your bets, and I will talk to you all soon. Take care. Doggy Juice out.